Hello and welcome to another episode of the Barefoot Mediator podcast, News and Views from Jane Garland Guests. In this episode, I speak with Dr. Tess Laurie, who is a medical doctor and founding director of EBMC Squared, a community interest research company. We speak about the wisdom of mothers and grandmothers. Tess envisions a healthier world in which science and learned wisdom are brought together to empower people to take responsibility for their own health. She believes that what defines us as human beings is our capacity, desire and freedom to choose. We can choose to live in fear and separation or with joy, trust, love and compassion together. So welcome Tess. Hi, thanks Jane. Thanks for inviting me. So Tess, we, we've met recently, worked together at a conference called The Better Way. Um, tell us a little bit about you, your background and the passion for your work that you do. Well, um, my background is as a medical doctor and a researcher. I, I My recent past is working as a, as a research consultant developing clinical practice guidelines. And I did that for a period of around 10 years or so and contributed uh, systematic reviews uh, of uh, interventions that have informed clinical practice guidelines for, for a longer period than that. And more recently, I in, since COVID, you know, when I realized that everything was going absolutely pear-shaped and in actual fact, people were being deceived into, uh, you know, propaganda into, uh, you know, taking um, health interventions that weren't necessarily the, good for them. And uh, and then the bigger picture with this push for centralized uh, uh, control over health and, and sovereignty and freedom formed the uh, EBMC Squared Community Interest Company, which is the administrative body of the World Council for Health Initiative, um, along with, with others. So, so this is our, our my core role at the moment. And, and uh, it also hosts the Better Way Conference, which we've done. We've had two now. We have a great free set campaign and we have a website called Source, which is a platform for, for people to find their, their tribe, to find health practitioners, to find activities and ways to activate themselves and to have conversations in chat rooms. And, and it's sort of getting getting broader and broader. So that's what I've been up to the past three years. Oh, no, no small feat, Tess, really. I mean, there's such a lot going on, isn't there, for all of us to to try and understand, I think. And one of the things I'm trying to do is to get people to um, make their own decisions, to be able to be independent and self-determined. But when you've got such a lot of information coming at you, it's really challenging to give up that sovereignty, if you like, that ability to make your own decisions and and, and find your own guidance, don't you think? Yes, well, people have been manipulated and controlled for the longest time, you know, uh, through propaganda and programming, you know, most commonly TV programming. So one learns behavior from, unfortunately, shows like EastEnders and so on, where, where you know, there's a sort of been this progressive moral degenerate degeneracy um, and um, the undermining of family values and um, uh, maternal wisdom and, uh, you know, and the elders and so on. So, I think what we're seeing now is uh, is the need to re to get back to to foundation stones of who we are as human beings and remembering who we are, what's important to us, and then and then actively seeking that and actively stopping those behaviours that uh, harm us and harm those around us. 
So I was uh, honoured to speak at your conference in Bath recently, Tess, and I was amused that both of us turned up on the last day of the conference in purple dresses with beads from our grandmothers, and um, we deliberately done that. And you spoke about two things then. You spoke about the wisdom of mothers and grandmothers, and I'd like to speak about that. And then you spoke about the ripple effect. But let's talk about the wisdom of mothers and grandmothers. Um, I'm a mother to two daughters, but a grandmother to three granddaughters. So I feel at this time a huge responsibility to be able to, you know, be an elder, be someone who is a wise guide, a wise head, a wise owl. <laughs> Yes, and I'm sure you've experienced the, uh, almost uh, the, the barriers to communication that you just never anticipated. You know, one didn't anticipate not being able to uh, to influence or share one's pearls of wisdom and experience with one's children and one's grandchildren. That somehow something has been driven between uh, us and our and our children and grandchildren, and and it's it's beyond our control. It feels like um, you know. And, and this is the programming that's being received through mobile devices, through TV, through other channels, apps and things that that's constantly, um, you know, these these programs are following uh, algorithms. They're, they're sharing information that, you know, that has been analyzed and assessed as 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 and it's it's all profit driven, marketing driven. And, and with, of course, human beings being the product of the so-called fourth industrial revolution. So mothers and grandmothers don't stand a chance uh, of their of being heard because of this absolute onslaught uh, on on children who who are being targeted as uh, by marketers. So um, so and and I have to say I believe we're we're sort of going full circle and we're 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 going to witness a resurgence. I am um, I actually I smile a lot. People always say you smile a lot. But I can tell you, I come from a long line of unsmiling women. And when I reflect on that, it's the, it's the, the suffering and the, you know, having to having to not, not being valued in a very patriarchal system and uh, and a system that I think we're, we're sort of seeing the end of now. Um, I think it's coming to full tilt with this absolute scientism, the 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 focus, you know, the, the way that science is really demonstrably corrupt now. Um, and and that one cannot um, science doesn't have the answer to everything. It has the answer to very little. Actually, we science explains very little uh, in our world. Uh, and in, intuition is actually, you know, the the it, I think Terence McKenna said it's the the most powerful epistemic tool we have, and and that is um, you know, really the domain of women. So what we really need is we need that woman's wisdom to come back in and. You know, I, I for one have been one of those women who was always trying to get keep up with the man's world and saying, "Well, I'll be the woman and I'll be the man. I'll have the man's job. I'll work the man's hours. I'll earn the man, man's income." And uh, and certainly, my family has suffered. But uh, as I say, I think we're going full, really full circle now and realizing that we need both men and women. We need both of their perspectives, and their experience, and their strengths to um, to create this better world that we're we're moving into. How interesting that you should say that about the unsmiling women. My mother in her final years described her childhood as just about bearable and we never knew what that meant. But there is a sense that for me, there's a sense that at the moment, globally, we've reached a tipping point of trauma in that, you know, whatever trauma we have 
created as a society has reached this tipping point and we mm -hmm. have to come through and heal from that in whatever that means. Um, one of the reasons I went into mediation is there was literally a, a newsletter said call for women mediators and we need, you know, not necessarily women, but we do need those those female skills of intuition and caring and kindness to come through into fields like law and medicine. Um, and so I think it's fascinating that you as a doctor, Tess, but also as a female doctor, are able to differentiate between science and, you know, other aspects of the job as a doctor or the job as a, you know, as any of us have in, in a professional field. Yes, well, you know, when I was studying and certainly doing my registrar training in obstetrics, you know, I'd gone into obstetrics thinking, well, this was an area I could really help uh, women and really make a difference. But of course, the system was designed for men. So in order to, to participate and train in that system, I had to work, um, you know, upwards of sort of 70, 80 hours a week, all weekend, Sunday mornings, uh, and it, uh, in many of the, the hospitals. And, uh, and it was not compatible with family life or pregnancy. And when I fell pregnant uh, with my first child, I um, I was working ridiculous hours. I did eleven cesarean sections the the shift before I I fell uh, I went into labour, which was it which was early at thirty six weeks. And my baby got meningitis, and he died a few days later. And uh, you know this was it it, it really was a, a very tough lesson for me that no matter how much I thought I was going to do exactly the same job as men, and I was going to show them that it could be done uh, in their terms. It well, it wasn't nature just said to me, you can't do that. And, you know, and in many ways, so the, the, the hospital I was working in and the department said I could only take six weeks leave. So I needed to work right up until the time uh, I went into labor and I was obviously preaching. Breastfeeding was very important to, to, to women and that they need to listen to their bodies. And you know, I was telling them everything they needed to do, but I wasn't doing it myself. And so it was a very, uh, very hard lesson that uh, that I think informs a lot of the work that I'm doing now, you know, and uh, and also the fact that I then subsequently went into research and uh, and that became my my my, um, you know, expertise. So, yeah, we can't live in this in, the, in this increasingly limited uh, patriarchal system and uh, you know, the AI being the absolute pinnacle of it, I think, you know, the sort of godless system, wisdomless system, a system where everything's an algorithm and it's all about money so and marketing. And uh, and so, yeah, we need as women, we really need to, to claim our, our place back and say, hold on a minute, let's listen to our elders. Let's hear what our parents and uh, grandparents have to say before it's too late and we lose that wisdom altogether. The wisdom of traditional medicines, of healing, of, uh, of healthy eating and, and stress-free, you know, reducing stress and so on. So, uh, and family life. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, you, can, <laughs> you can see just the way we put our elders into, into uh, nursing homes and call them elderly and pay others to look after them and we, we don't benefit from their wisdom at all. And we put our children in these child prisons called schools, school education, and they don't benefit from us at all because we're busy trying to pay the bills. And we outsource these absolutely crucial uh, roles. Of course, we learn from children too, but we outsource these absolute crucial parts of our humanity. 
couldn't agree with you more, Tess. And I think, you know, that word humanity, what we're, what you and I, I think, see is a need to bring humanity back to the heart of society, where it seems to be being edged further and further out. And as you say, we seem to be being digitalized or, uh, you know, technocracy seems to be taking over so that we we, you know, that that human element, I mean, even if you ring a company now, you end up, you can't speak to a human being, you end up speaking to a chat bot or something and, and how frustrating that is. But to try and communicate with someone on a human to human level becomes increasingly challenging. And yet when you experience it, you know the difference. Mm. And... You know, we can't, you and I are on, obviously on, on, on Zoom and on the internet now, but we have met in person and we have hugged each other and we've been in the same room. And, you know, that, that makes such a difference, that sense of connection that we, we, we lose, we're losing, I think. I mean, don't you miss, you know, you go to the, the bank teller uh, and then they remember you and they know you and or whatever, you know, and you have a conversation um, it's not on hold for hours and hours trying to get your account sorted out. And um, I mean, just one example, you go to, you know, the, the, the grocer on the corner and you, you know, support them. And uh, we really need to get back to that and supporting our communities and our neighbors and, and friends rather than these big corporate entities that just they're so hungry and they just take everything, you know. So, um, and it, it, little by little, there's things we can do. You know, uh, we, we need to stop being fearful and realize that they control the media. So whatever we hear, hear on the media to make us afraid, be it about war, be it about refugees, be it about, um, you know, the royal family or whatever, it's all des designed to distract or um, or make us fearful. And so once we remove ourselves from there and actually put our attention where, where, you know, where it will be, you know, where it will be useful for and benefit others like us, that's where, you know, where we will start to see a difference. And we need to step away from fear, uh, you know, because fear is how we are corralled into doing things we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to do and we wouldn't be guided by our intuition to do. But fear somehow separates us from our intuition and um and and so uh, you know makes us very um compliant and controllable so if people could just realize everything is changing now COVID has provided an opportunity for great change and there's no longer um you know that there's an opportunity to question everything there's no time like now to question everything absolutely everything everywhere you put your attention question who does this benefit and if it benefits Bill Gates or it benefits Mark Zuckerberg or if it benefits George Soros, don't do it. They're 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 megalomaniacs. They're rich enough, and uh, and there's you know there's this there's this cabal that is seeking to control every aspect of our lives, and that they think the corporates think that they know what's best for us or what's best for the world, where where they can just absolutely profit from from our every. Uh, every move and uh, vital sign so you know we really need to take up take back our sovereignty start governing ourselves our politicians are there to serve us uh, not us serve them and uh, and uh, we need to to really start putting our families and our own health first
certainly that term question everything resonates for me as a mediator because that's exactly how we work it is you know let's test all assumptions to extinction question everything come up with our own path with our own or help our clients to or my clients to come up with your own path your own resolution and walk that path basically uh and that's uh, that's why I, I feel so passionate about the principles of mediation in the times we're in so Tess we talked as well about the ripple effect so uh, you know it can seem a little bit overwhelming at the moment that perhaps we don't have any personal agency and in particular uh, with our families or you know with friends but but, but 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 what what do you think about the ripple effect that was another phrase you came up with that you well we're certainly seeing it you know because um we started uh with this on this path this better way path in january around by january 2021 where we just i mean a person from a personal point of view i just said no to corruption because i've been working on systematic review on ivermectin and it was clear that ivermectin is a cheap old safe medicine has been around for forever, uh, for 40 years or so. And it's fairly natural. It comes from the earth, the bacteria in the earth. And, uh, and, and, and it was being suppressed and it could have helped many people who were suffering with COVID-like symptoms or COVID symptoms. And it's still very useful because it's, it's the number one go-to for doctors who are treating people with vaccine injury, COVID vaccine injury. So uh, we're hearing it's useful for other purposes as well, such as cancer. So um, so here was a very cheap old safe generic medicine and and uh, and it was being suppressed and I and I captured corruption uh, in a meeting that I had with uh, another scientist and um and so I thought well I'm going to just say no and that sort of set me on this on this journey yeah. so since then I've just been putting one foot after the other and growing the team these most wonderful people have been coming to and working alongside alongside me and us now we we know and and it's just been all of us just with absolute dedication and perseverance one foot after the other we set up world council for health we we did the better way conference and and better way conference we we sort of gave birth to a baby a better way baby better way charter which was seven principles on how we all just get along together in, in an honorable way and then it sort of snowballed and we just had the second Better Way Conference, which is just, I think, birthed a, a really big baby. And, and the Great Free Set, which is a campaign that we've now, we launched at the conference, the Great Free Set is really just helping people think about all the different ways they could um, limit their, their, their attention and spend with corporates and, and how they can take back control of their lives. So it is a ripple effect. Um, you know, if all of those people who came to the conference tell another 10 people about the things that they learned or one thing that they learned, um, certainly it feels like the winds of change are here, you know, and, uh, and they're, they're positive. So, you know, if that's one message I could just leave with the people watching is that there is doom and gloom. If you put your focus on the BBC and the news and all of that, you will no doubt feel rather gloomy. But if you allow yourself to, if you watch the Better Way conference or you, you know, allow yourself to, to listen, to engage with alternative media, people who 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 feel the this, these winds of change and and are really uh, helping to manifest them, like Richard Vobes, for example, you know, then then you you will you will feel a great sense of um, of uh, fellowship, and uh, and you know we're all working hard uh, day after day, each day, just doing what we can to to make things better, and if we all do that. 
even at small, you know, that's the ripple effect for sure. I quite agree, Tess. And, you know, when you think back to, you know, whether you're a Christian or not, the idea of 12 disciples or 10 people, as you say, you know, that ripple effect, you don't need to be addressing large conferences. You can just talk to one or two people. But if you are able to uh, listen to them, I think, you know, I do feel listening to other people first is the key. And then, you know, where do we go together with some of these issues that are so big and unmentionable I was talking to someone today who said well we don't talk about politics we've agreed not to talk about it in the office and my response was that's not the way forward you know just agreeing not to talk about something which is controversial is not the answer the answer is to have a constructive conversation so perhaps yes. in the show notes Tess we could share your seven principles I think they're very uh, foundational very important for the times that we're living in and other information about um, about the World Council for Health and what and what you're doing. Thanks very much, Jane. If I could just say a last thing on those seven principles, and um, part of what we're doing with the World Council for Health initiative is decentralizing control of health to or responsibility for health to different countries, uh, and then their responsibility is to decentralize further to their communities uh, and basically to the individual themselves. So we want everyone saying, "I'm my own council for health." Thank you very much, and I'll figure out what's best for me but um, what what we have found because people have said well how are you going to do that because people are you know people are argumentative people are you know they're different there's cultural differences religious differences what we found with these seven principles is that they are so basic and foundational universal that whether I'm speaking in Malaysia or the Philippines or Iran or South Africa or um Brazil, you know, wherever we are speaking and sharing these principles, they resonate very, very broadly. So we believe that this is the, the way we can get everyone around the world to work together to counter this monopoly power grab and these, um, this, this, um, this uh, corporate push to, to make us all into uh, uh, mineable products. Tess, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I think I, I really resonate, obviously, with this idea that um, the wisdom of mothers and grandmothers and the ripple effect is something that's going to carry us through some very challenging times that I feel we're in and that are to come and um, totally inspired by what you're doing. So thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much, Jane. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Please do subscribe to the Barefoot Mediator podcast series. And if you would like to access my free video series for managing in times of change, challenge and crisis, and download a PDF copy of my book, How to Beat Bedlam in the Boardroom and Boredom in the Bedroom, please go to janegum.co.uk slash video. The link is in the show notes.